This program is brought to you by the partners of A Root Awakening International. Help others find truth. Support A Root Awakening International today. Just when you think you have it all figured out, Yehovah takes you to the next level. From coaching football, teaching in France, and detouring through a Native American reservation, Craig and, and Elliot learned to trust the Almighty's leading and ended up with everything they needed for a dream career they could have never imagined. So we're going to hear about that tonight because it's the end of the sixth day. The sun is set, and this is Shabbat Night Live. Shabbat Shalom Torah fans, welcome to Shabbat Night Live with Michael Rood. Trusting Yehovah at his word is what the Torah is all about, yet somehow adults have forgotten how to have this childlike faith. So tonight we're going to learn from some true teachers. Craig and Ann Elliot have developed a homeschool curriculum based on the Torah, and we're gonna find out how that happened and where you can get it. We're also going to take a little trip to Israel in a few minutes, but first, it's the second Shabbat of the third month on the astronomically and agriculturally corrected biblical Hebrew calendar. There you see it right there. So let's talk about this with my co-hosts, David Robinson and Keith Johnson. Hey, Welcome, hey, guys. Good to be here. <laughs> Good to be wow. here, my friend. <laughs> that was almost like The Price is Right. Come, <laughs> Come on down. <laughs> Which I hear is rigged. It's always, oh, it's always rigged. Anyway, anyway so. probably. <laughs> Isn't everything rigged? It's, yeah, well, right. Artificial right, intelligence, right, artificial right. everything. Oh, right? gosh. So, okay, we won't get on that topic. Anyway, <laughs> Yeshua proclaims the acceptable year of the Lord. That happened this weekend. Yeah. That's the anniversary of what he did here, wow. and that is what Michael's teaching was all, we wanna yes. talk about Michael and Israel in a sec yeah. with Keith here, but you know that's what Michael taught about. This is a 70 week ministry. Right. That's the whole thing about mm -hmm. the chronological gospels and this is when it started, Yeah. right? You know, it's just so, this he, he was uh, in front of the synagogue and he said, this is being uh, fulfilled in your hearing. That's so, right. Wow, very exciting. cool stuff. Exciting stuff. Now, speaking of exciting, so Keith, you tell us what is going on with Israel. Here's what's going on. I sat here during Passover and I, I was so blessed. Uh, you guys did a phenomenal job. Everybody in the team did a phenomenal job. Great I was sitting here. here up on the stage and I was looking at Michael during the, the Seder and I just was inspired because I thought about how Michael, you know, he's done a m lot of wonderful things. But the one thing that I remember more than anything was that he was in Israel and he would bring Israel to the ministry. So That's he, what his he whole was like, first all like top about. quality yeah. stuff, right? So I was sitting in the at Passover and I looked over at Michael and he was standing there and I said to myself, you know what? We're gonna bring more Israel back into ARA, right? And I thought, how are we gonna do that? Well, I was on my way over there. So I told Ted, I told Yev, I told Scott, I said, listen, I gotta bring some good, 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 uh, what do you call that? What's that called, uh, technology-wise? Uh, good film, good... Uh, good tech? Good, uh, <laughs> you know, whatever you call it. It's Production? really high quality. Production, Production. <laughs> okay. Some, yeah. quality production. some 4K stuff? Yeah, okay. 4K. No, yeah. so it basically we uploaded to the server here two terabytes of high quality 2K, 4K, whatever it's called on Technology Challenge. <laughs> But we're gonna bring that to the people, because there's a lot of people that will never get to go, like you, but you're actually gonna go. Oh yes, with this you. This fall, amazing. Folks, we'll talk about that later, but 
we are gonna be bringing that information and I'm excited to be able to share little pieces. And one of the things that we're doing this month, they're talking about teaching children. Yeah. So there's a picture I wanna put up here. I think they have it here somewhere. Picture number oh, one. There it is. Of this family here. I actually, at the end of our tour, we just came back from a tour, I actually did a tour specifically for children. Wow. And it was amazing. Next picture I want on the show real quick if they can. The Wait, next picture, this, no, no, the family. Oh, okay. And so I said, listen, now that the adults are gone, <laughs> have some fun. <laughs> gotcha. I took them to one of the most favorite places that Michael taught me about, which is Zedekiah's Cave, Solomon's Quarries. These children learned so much, and it was, it was amazing. So this whole month as we're teaching children, that's one of the things that we love to do is to bring children along because the Torah says teach the children. And I think right. there's even love gifts that's regarding right. that. And it's right. by the same people, right? So uh, exactly, yeah. yeah. So the so the Elliots who are teaching tonight Shabbat Night Live, they also have this month's love gift, which. If we're gonna teach children, we gotta get the marriage right first. Amen. Right. And David knows right. all about this. Yes. We've done a whole series on this and we hope to do another one. Yeah, hopefully we get an, yeah. to do yeah. number two. Yeah, and they're talking about the same thing from their perspective and how they had to have a healthy foundation to have you know, healthy kids because they have seven kids in the house. And they discovered, and they're gonna tell it through this, uh, through the, this month's love gift teaching, that you know, they, had, they, were, they were looking at it like, well, we're together, but when we have a kid, we put them in the middle, and then if you do that, metaphorically, the parents get further and further apart. Mm. Right. So what you have to do is always have one hand holding your spouse, and, and the kids become part of the circle. Right, they kind that's of, good. Yeah, and so they said you never let go of your spouse because you need to be on one team. So that is this month's teaching. We'll give that right. to you for a gift of $50 or more to the ministry. Michael, speaking of Michael, he loves to give people oh, stuff. Yes, he does. So uh, that's for uh, a gift of $50 or more, and that is for a gift of 100 David? Yes, right? this is 100 This is... Uh, the Ten Commandments, and it's in English. Mm-hmm. And in Hebrew, oh, you can flip it over. Cool. <laughs> the cool thing is, is this is made out of olive wood from Israel, yeah. and made in Israel, and then we had it uh, shipped over. So this is part of that foundation that we're talking about here. This is the foundation that everything, the law of God, is what everything needs to be built on. And then we move forward from that. And that's, we're losing that. I mean, in the churches and uh, public places, you know, the Ten Commandments have yeah. been removed from everything. Yeah. And we need to reestablish that with our with our kids. Like we are talking about, everything's artificial. Why don't yeah. we get back to something real? Yeah. yeah. Well, like I mean, that's the tool of the enemy is to deceive, and you know, and he's doing a good job of yeah. it. Right? You know what's interesting? We uh, did, thanks to Jacob, on the Root Awakenings channel, we did a series called, uh, what did we call it? Uh, matters. <laughs> matters of God. Oh, yeah. Yeah, but basically it's... The Ten uh, Matters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. And so... Kids can actually learn the yeah. English and they can learn the Hebrew, and it's amazing. So that, that's a wonderful companion to that. It's, it's one of the first things I learned. Yeah. In, in, as yeah. a kid, the first thing I learned in, in uh, Baptist Sunday school was yeah. the Ten Commandments. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. And, and it's just something that's. Uh, right, exactly. And well, what have you got over there? So that's a. Oh, this is. Oh, that's the. Okay. This yeah, is right. our gift for $300. So a gift of $300, you get the teaching. You also get the uh, Ten Commandments with the stand, but you get this really nice, heavy-duty pewter, non-tarnished uh, kiddish cup, which has uh, it's been engraved with the uh, Jerusalem landscape. Uh -huh. And there's a a, a company that's uh, it's a mom and pops type thing, the mom and daughter, and they love this minister. They have they have helped us so much with mm -hmm. uh, being able to to get these nice gifts and. Uh, this is definitely very heavy. Oh my goodness! And, and, nice and the Hebrew on there. So Keith can read the Hebrew. Oh, oh, I don't see it anywhere. It's right here on that ch uh, that uh, crest, right there. Bore Perea Gothen. Yeah, 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 yeah. So yep. fruit of the vine. 
Great, great, great. Very good stuff, yeah. yeah. So now Keith, speaking of the fruit of the vine and Israel and all these things you showed us, you have a little something to show us next Yeah, actually, um, we, did, we did a short specifically with ARA in, 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 in mind. Mm -hmm. uh, the first one is actually in Masada. Oh. And then on the free app, we're actually putting a teaching from Qumran. Yeah. So Masada and Qumran, first week. Let's just see if people like it okay. and if they do. The word is we might get to do more. That's right. Yeah, the app is, you know, <laughs> yeah. people can subscribe to the app, but the first two weeks are free. If yeah, you just absolutely. Give it a so shot. they're going to get a chance so, to yeah. see it. It's amazing. Uh, thanks again to Michael. He brought Israel to us. And I'm telling you, it's, it's, it's just inspired me. It's inspired mm -hmm. me to be able right. to bring more Israel for folks. Well, we're going to talk to you guys next week, too. So stick around and we'll, we'll talk to you we'll next week. Back. Okay. All right. So you stick around, too. But first, Craig and Ann Elliott learned to trust the Almighty's leading and ended up with everything they needed for a dream career they could have never imagined. So we're going to find out what happened after the Kiddush with Michael next. We are in Israel at a place that is the most visited site in all of Israel. We're at the top of Masada and we've got some wonderful, wonderful pictures, video, images that you get a chance to see as if you're here with us. But the great news is this, even though we're on the Bible Beyond Borders tour, we're actually planning to come back for what we call the prayer pilgrimage to Israel. And we're always gonna add this option to come to Masada. We even had some folks that got up early this morning and walked all the way to the top of Masada. <laughs> I took the gondola. <laughs> You'll be able to do that too. But we're here because this is a significant place, historical. I like to talk about language, history, and context. And when you talk about history and when you talk about context, there's not really very many places that are more significant than Masada. You look behind me, you're gonna be able to see all sorts of things here. We're at the very, very top, we'll go back down, but again, we wanna invite you to Israel, to this important place. You can see not only this place, but we go north, south, east, and west to give you an encounter with the land, the people, and the God of Israel. You ought to come along with us. Whether you've been married for 30 years or 30 days, you know that marriage takes a lot of work. And that means having a firm foundation based on the Torah. When we're dealing with a lot of broken homes, a lot of broken marriages in our day and age, this is something that far too often is taken for granted. The family is the mother and the father that are one. And if they're not one, that child is in a broken home. Foundations for a Healthy Marriage with homeschool curriculum authors Craig and Ann Elliott explores how lifelong love begins with teaching preschoolers about godly relationships and how bringing adults back to the basics of the Torah can help repair a marriage that has gone the way of the world. This teaching is our gift to thank you for supporting A Rude Awakening International. When you donate $50 to this ministry in June, we'll send you Foundations for a Healthy Marriage with Craig and Ann Elliott on DVD or Blu-ray. Donate $100 and we'll send you Foundations for a Healthy Marriage, plus the Ten Commandments etched on olive wood from Israel, English on one side and Hebrew on the other. Donate $300 and we'll send you the teaching, the Ten Commandments on olive wood, plus a solid pewter kiddush cup featuring a scene of Jerusalem and the blessing over the wine in Hebrew. Borei Pri Hagafen. These gifts are a limited time offer from Michael Rood to thank you for your support. Make your donation today and receive the $50 gift, the $100 gift, or the $300 gift. Get these exclusive thank you gifts when you make a donation to support 
a Root Awakening International in June. Call 888-766-3610 or get your gifts online with a donation at monthlylovegift.com. Some of the traditions in modern-day Judaism are what Yeshua said are takanot, laws which change biblical law, which are forbidden, and Yeshua said don't do them. But other traditions are remembrances of good things in the past, and they are a shadow picture of good things to happen in the future. On the Sabbath, we take two hollow loaves, two loaves of bread. This represents the manna, the double portion that we received on the sixth day. This was God's provision for us. And this is what it continues to mean to us today. When Yeshua, just before his crucifixion, the night before his crucifixion, at the last supper that he had with his disciples, he took bread and he blessed, not the bread, he blessed the Most High. And he said, Baruch atah Yehovah Eloheinu melech hamotzi lechem min haaretz. And he broke the bread and he said, this is my body, which is broken for you. As often as you do this, remember this, by his stripes, we were healed. And then he took the cup and he said, in the prayer of Melchizedek to Abraham, Baruch atah Yahuvah, Eloheinu melech ha'alam, Borei Puri hagafen. Blessed are you, Yahuvah, our God, King of the universe, creator of the fruit of the vine. And Yeshua said this, what you have been doing for a thousand years from the time of Abraham, this represents the renewed covenant in my blood. This is how I will pay for the broken covenant. I will pay the death penalty and do this until I come. If we want to raise up a generation of leaders, we have to start in the right spot. And a lot of folks think that is the Bible. A lot of folks think, well, we gotta send them to school. Well, what if you could combine the two? Well, we've done that, haven't we, with homeschool? Yeah, but there's still this disconnect. There's all of this stuff about Christmas and Easter in the homeschool curriculum, and how do we separate that and really teach people about the Torah, kids about the Torah, so that they can teach others in the future? Well, there is a way to do that now, thanks to our guests today. Please welcome Craig and Ann Elliott. Welcome, guys. Thank welcome, thank you. It's now, you have, a, yeah, you have a connection here from, uh, to Michael Rood directly, well, indirectly, I guess, through his sister, Deb. Mm -hmm. uh, so tell us what that connection is. Well, yes, yeah, so we are the uh, pastor of Solel Sabbath Fellowship up in uh, Lansing, Michigan area, and Deb and her husband, Greg, both come to our congregation and are part of our, our fellowship, so oh, we've kind of had that, yeah, indirect, you know, getting to know them and through that, getting to know about A Rude Awakening more. So fun, yeah, and someone who uh, homeschools their kids here had recommended you guys come here. And so we're so happy to have you here because you know, we often talk about at Root Awakening here how we wanna have more stuff for kids. Mm -hmm. And there's a little few things here, few and far between. Uh, some books from Mrs. Noah and things like that, which are great. But you guys have developed a whole curriculum around the Torah. And we're gonna get into that yeah. in future episodes here because this is gonna take longer than one episode. Absolutely, yeah. So yeah, so we're gonna talk about that in a second. But first of all, you know, no one ever comes to you know, well, we just decided one day to do a, a homeschool curriculum. There was a journey here. 
So we want to talk about your journey and how you guys got here, where you come from, all that type of thing. So, uh, you know, you first met in, what was it, high school or college? College. college. Yeah, college. Five weeks in. Five weeks in. Okay, that's a good good chance to meet somebody when you're new to the place and you yep. don't know anybody, right? I was a sophomore, she was a freshman, so I was 20. Well, yeah, no, I was 19 and she okay. would have been 18 at that point. He sat down and started talking to me at dinner. We had a lot in common and we just didn't stop talking. We stopped, we wow. talked all the way till curfew. <laughs> it was, oh, it was wow. a Christian college. And met again at 6.30 in the morning to exercise and just yep. kept going from so, there. So we got a couple of clues here. Christian college. Yes. And familiar background. Yes, so. Tell us about how, now your parents kind of had similar backgrounds. Background. Actually, yes. so the, uh, my, both of our parents were church planners here in the United States, so they call them missionary church planners. And uh, we, I grew up in Houston, Texas, just outside of Houston, Texas, and she at the time lived down in Florida. Mm-hmm. So we didn't have any clue about each other. Mm-hmm. But um, the mission agency that our parents were both a part of was the same mission agency. Oh. And, and we didn't know it the whole time. Really? Yeah, and the person who knew me from the first year of college and knew about my background met her and heard hers and actually kind of said, yo, you two should meet each other at dinner one night at college. And that's how we first met. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah. Love that. And now, now you didn't always want to be a pastor, or now you would wanted to be a football coach, yes. I understand, right? Yes, and so... Um, yeah, so God uh, was working again, like he said, this slow, this process of things mm-hmm. that went to where we were at. And we were originally, I was working to be a um, pastor, was Baptist pastor was my desire. <laughs> and uh, w- went through four years of Bible college for that until God used Bible college to redirect my life. I had an opportunity to go and volunteer coaching football at a high school for a freshman team. And through that, opened my eyes to the idea of maybe that's where God wants me is into the public school system Hmm. Mm -hmm. and coaching football. And so... And both your parents had been teachers as well in addition to church planters, right? Yes, well, especially... My my parents, both my parents parents were, were, yeah. yeah. So I was... that, And that did have a huge impact on me. Growing up, while my parents were obviously planting churches and stuff, and uh, my dad started... Uh, seven churches in Texas and two in California before before I was born, so you know, a lot of involvement there. But they in the other times they worked in the local school district mm-hmm. as sub teachers almost all my life. And uh, my dad died before my senior year of high school. And at the uh, memorial service we had, <clears throat> the uh, of the 250 people who came to it about. 75% of them were from the public school. They had no contact with our churches or my, wow. my dad did or anything there. Mm-hmm. And so seeing that and seeing the impact that he had on the people there in my school uh, really impacted, it had an impact on my life mm-hmm. also. And, and I enjoyed working with teens and stuff like that. So all that directed me into, I wonder if I could have that kind of a ministry in the public school system. Mm-hmm. and. I switched majors and went into secondary education from wow. uh, pastoring and graduated my degree in secondary education. So your dad must have had quite an impact because he was uh, j- just a sub. 
substitute yes. teacher. Mm -hmm. He wasn't there all the time. No, mm -hmm. no. Mm -hmm. Wow. And, he know. cared about children and his mom as well. They just, she always used to say that it didn't matter what the, the policy was, she was going to give everyone a hug. And, mm -hmm. you know, the, the, the very fact of showing love to someone can make such an impact in their life. Yeah. And I know that. She would work with like the hmm. behavior prop childs and, and the mentally handicapped a lot and mm -hmm. things like that. And they would you know, go to give them a hug and the people were like, no, no, you can't do that. And she's like, well, if I can't give these kids a hug, then I'm not going to work here because <laughs> that's who her. I am. And you know, sometimes we need to learn from the older generation. Yes. Nah, never mind your rules. <laughs> yes. I'm going to give this yes. kid a hug. They do and, need yeah. it. You know, when he was uh, uh, football coaching for the first time, volunteering, and I got to sit up in the stands and I got to sit with... I don't remember how old that little boy was, seven or eight years old, yeah. and um, he just liked football and he liked him. We, we, we went to the same church, but he had a rough home and we got to you know, spend all that time. So while he's coaching football, you know, I'm also getting to pour into kids. And mm. it was just, he, I think the father was just saying, you know, you might like this area. You th yeah. should think about it. Yeah. <laughs> and at the time, we have to remember, this is not messianic. You guys aren't no. into Torah no. at this time. You're just showing the love of Christ as you knew to show it yep. mm -hmm. and just, being being good to kids. So, so at what point you got you got married early, right? So in I was twenty and nineteen in nineteen ninety three. Okay. Mm -hmm. So yeah, this is yeah. gonna be our thirtieth anniversary this year. So and wow, congratulations, yes. good. Okay. So now you were thinking, you know, you're into pastoring and maybe a football coach, and you mm -hmm. enjoyed kids well as well. So were you thinking that maybe you want to do something with kids, or did that never enter your mind at that point? I mean, you're only twenty. I mean, so no, so not yet. As far as like where we're at today, no, but God was using us. We, we definitely had a, a desire to work with people. So we were uh, involved in youth groups and we did uh, like okay. children's church and things like that from basically from the get-go in our marriage. Mm -hmm. uh, like the one child that she was talking about we was in our little children's church class mm -hmm. at our church there, yeah. a little small country church. And I think because we were involved in our local church and we were, he was in school to do ministry, I think um, it was his last year of college, last year of the seven years it took to get that final degree. <laughs> um, the father just put on both our hearts to you know, commit our lives to full-time ministry. And I th we thought he was going to take us to France. That's yes. what we thought we were going to oh, do. Oh, why France? Well, because you were loving football. And they actually, well, okay, they don't do American football in France. I mean, they do well, they, soccer. They, they, yeah, it's not like a normal thing. Let's no. put it that way. They do There's football. Some, yeah, yeah they, the do, the, they do the rest of the world's football. But, yeah. So we um, were looking and thinking that God was going to lead us into uh, ministry using my educational background stuff, but in mm -hmm. uh, going into a foreign mission field and helping to reach hmm. lost people. And you come and, down in the in the cities and you could teach football to those to those teenagers and that would be a way to to be in their lives every day. I mean yeah, right. coach in their in kids' lives every yeah. day it has a much bigger impact than sometimes their own parents do. Right. A lot of a lot of kids say that even when they get to college level or whatever, they always remember that the coach, you yeah. know, if they came from a home that was not supportive of anything, that yeah. you know, that was their way out, right? Mm -hmm. So we were we, this one area that we were looking at, we had no idea about them when we went to learn how to be, you know, what we need to do for becoming missionaries and stuff. And they said, here's this place that has a American football team that needs help mm -hmm. coaching. And uh, we were going to go there and open up a youth center downtown was the idea that would be able to bring kids in and be able to talk to them and share uh, Yeshua with them and, and just like really reach into their lives and have an impact on that way. Hmm. Now, the interesting thing 
is when we flew back from France, that trip to go visit and see, we had seen billboards there. The families were torn apart. There was high rate of depression in France. Just all these reasons why mm. they needed missionaries. Yeah. And we flew back into the United States. Well, do you want to tell them? We saw this. We went there. <laughs> we were driving around and looking at the area, and there was this huge billboard, and it was a very promiscuous uh, mm -hmm. ad, mm -hmm. and uh, we were like shocked by it. Those it was terrible French people. Yeah. <laughs> and then, we, and then we, we came back in the United States, mm -hmm. we're walking through the Newark airport, and here's the same ad on, same the, on, on the side <laughs> oh of my the highway. And, and the father kind of said, at least I know, I know we well, both had the discussion. You, yeah. In my heart, I'm like, why are we going somewhere else when the need is right in front of us? Mm. And uh, I mean, he shut the door in many other ways and made that clear to us. It was his decision and shut the door. And then ended up, not too much later, he was out um, teaching in a public school on the Navajo reservation. And I remember looking out my window and thinking, this is not France. This is not where we were supposed to <laughs> but be. But it was a foreign mission field. <laughs> but it, so, so it went directly from France to, to the almost. Navajo reservation. There was some time in there. Yeah. But, um, and, and, and you so we went that, well, it's like I was saying earlier, we, uh, we were introducing, we've been around the United States quite a bit. And, and so, yeah, we, so, at the time I graduated from college, we were in Florida at that point in time. We did Bible college and met up in Northeast Pennsylvania. Uh, we went to Missouri there and we're working there and helping our parents with starting it, trying to start a and church there. And he was teaching there. the public schools. Mm. Yeah, and uh, was teaching there. And then, so I had three years of teaching then in, in the public school system uh, in junior high and high school. And then from there, went out to the Navajo Reservation, accepted a position as a high school administrator there. Oh, okay. And football coach. Mm -hmm. So. And the timing was about the same as all mm. the, th the call to go to France and then the doors being shut. And, and sometimes when the doors are shut in your life, you think that there is no, no purpose for you, that you don't, all the goals and plans that you had, they must, maybe we just don't matter, or maybe what- he Maybe you got have, it wrong or yeah. something. He must have got it wrong. And, and the whole time, looking back, of course, you can see that he was teaching you skills that you needed, putting you in circumstances you needed to be in. And, and, and he doesn't make mistakes. And it, it felt like we went through the school of hard knocks. Yes. But it was actually, he was preparing us and, and letting us meet just the right people. I mean, how many times did you have to make um, all of the state standards for all the different states that we lived mm, in and yeah. make sure that the classroom that he was teaching in or when you were in an administration that the, the teachers were fitting and hitting all the state standards. And now, you know. that was all, and that was really becoming big uh -huh. and then No Child Left Behind and all that yeah. stuff was during this time too. So the father says, happened. we'll just move you around a little bit. We'll teach you a lot of state standards and <laughs> yeah. teach you how to, to hit them. Well, and of course I had to go through and, mm -hmm. and do meet all the, certification requirements in each of these states mm -hmm. too. So every state has different ones. So every state I'd have to go back and have to go back to take school. some more schooling mm -hmm. to do those certifications, retake tests and stuff. So yeah. Interesting. Wow. Yeah. But, and we'll get into more why that matters. Yes. Now, yeah. but mm -hmm. I, I, in your, as a, your, I was going to say in your studies, but in your travels, did you also find that it, it's interesting how God makes you keep your eyes open. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So you're you're having to notice these things, like the ad that you noticed in in mm -hmm. France and then in Newark, same thing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, is that part of what you teach kids too? Is yes. now to keep their eyes open and Absolutely. recognize what yes. God's trying to tell you? They have a job to do in the kingdom, and it's for people. Loving Jehovah with all their heart and loving people is the second most important thing we're supposed to do. 
And, you know, traveling everywhere is not to increase our own culture and to increase our own wisdom and smartness, but it's to find out what are the needs in the world and how can you reach those, mm. those, how can you reach those people? How can you meet those needs? That's the only reason we are educated. That's the only reason we exist. And, um, yeah, he, he definitely gave us an, it was an honor to be able to meet so many different cultures and people yeah. and, and to be able to help them. It was interesting that why we were out of the Neverwell Reservation. So <clears throat> there, it's, there's a lot of unique things in doing that. We were a, a public school in, a, in the Navajo Nation, which is an actual nation inside of the United States. It has its own government and everything. and controls its own self inside the United States. And most of the schools at that point in time, before we went there, were run by the government and stuff. But these were like a joint effort between the state of Arizona and the Navajo Nation. And so they were public schools. Well, uh, only Navajo can have land on the reservation. So this the public school there has to have enough land and they have to put housing on the land in order for all the teachers to stay on the public the housing and there on the school district because we can't rent or buy a place on the reservation uh -huh. over there. And we were in the middle of right smack in the middle of the Navajo reservation. So, you know, like I said, we were two and a half hours from any Walmart <clears throat> and 20 <laughs> miles of dirt road. Mm -hmm. So it was, a, it was a hard thing to get to mm -hmm. civilization, so to speak. We had a little teeny grocery store, a gas station, a pizza place and a video store, and that was it. That sounds for, like half of Saskatchewan. Yes, yeah, you're probably quite used <laughs> to this much. there, yeah. <laughs> a lot more sparse, sparse there, but in that, we, um, the school I was at was 99% Navajo, mm -hmm. and um, I had a helper because, and a secretary of both Navajo, because half the parents that came in didn't speak English either. They only spoke Navajo mm. or very, very broken English, and they would have to translate it for me. And so it's interesting that we have, in, in the United States itself, we have so many different people groups from around the world mm -hmm. right out our front door if we're just willing to look and find, see these people mm -hmm. and, for, and that need the word of God too. And, you know, the Navajo are that way and great struggle with, uh, you know, spiritualism and a desire to have a religious belief system, mm -hmm. but a very shallow one that never seems to fulfill their needs. And so you had, you know, the sweat lodges and the uh, the medicine men and the ceremonies and and thousands upon thousands of dollars. They would poor people would have to scrape together three and five thousand dollars to hire a medicine man to come in and do mm -hmm. these things. Mm -hmm. And so the need. Was great, and we um, people people having a desire to have a relationship with the Almighty, but not knowing how to do it, and mm. not having access to the Word of God, not being a not honestly, they didn't have access. Or people that have access, we have it everywhere. It's on our phones. It's it's everywhere around us. But if you don't know to look, and you've never read it, then you don't know how to have that relationship. You don't know how to find peace, and so you spend the money, you do the things, but it doesn't bring peace, so you keep going and right. you keep searching. Reminds me a lot of Acts 23, I think it is, where Paul's in Athens mm -hmm. and goes up and, and here to the Areopagus and, and it sees the, the, uh, the uh, plaque to the unknown God, and, and he talks about the fact that people you're groping, that people in the world are groping along trying to find God, and, and mm -hmm. they, you know, they're hoping they find him and stuff, and and that was a great example of the Navajo here are just like the French people and, 
and others around the world are just groping, looking Mm -hmm. for truth. Yeah, and at least they had something, whether it was the great spirit or whatever, they know there's something Mm -hmm. out there, they just can't Mm -hmm. put their finger on it, Mm -hmm. isn't it? Mm -hmm. Yeah, and, and I think that's true of every human being. I mean, our children are searching, our our parents and the elderly are searching. And if we we don't have to go across the world to be missionaries, we can just reach out in love to the people that are around us every day, you know, a smile, starting a conversation, and always directing them back to the word of God. The word of God must be the answer. It's not, mm-hmm. you know, us. It's just that maybe we get to be the tool. Yep, exactly. And you know, interestingly enough, so we've talked about this whole first half of this episode about sharing God with people and all these mission fields and all this, but we haven't even touched the Torah yet, Torah observance. So we're gonna talk about that next and how you found that and how that changed things in what you were doing. All right, so we're talking with Craig and Ann Elliott and uh, they have developed a homeschool curriculum, which uh, you've gotta stay tuned and hear about this. This is gonna be great. So uh, we're gonna come back and talk to them more and it's because of you that they're here. Thank you for donating to this ministry. You make it possible and we're gonna give you a couple more minutes to do that just now. Thank you very much. Thank you for your support of Shabbat Night Live. Before the break, we were talking about world travels in the U.S. <laughs> because That's right, yeah. There's every kind of people you could ever imagine here in the U.S. I mean, you're living in Michigan right now. Where there's a there's a large uh, Muslim population mm-hmm. up there, right? Yep. I think when we were getting the makeup on before here, we were talking about how you went to a park. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this is just kind of a story as an aside, but tell us about what, you, you were having a congregational meeting at, the, at this park and... Yep. Uh, what, what did you encounter? We were doing like one of the feast times, I think it was, and or a family. We were having a family get together kind of mm-hmm. idea, and mm-hmm. went out to. The, they had a lake there. We went out to the lake, and literally, there was maybe twenty people out of like two or three hundred that weren't Muslims, mm-hmm. and they, so much so that the Muslims felt very comfortable there and had all their you know, their equipment and things that they do, like, like their version of like a barbecue out there. It was like a t- round table kind of thing that they were cooking okay. over and stuff. So Almost like the sage we use at, at Passover. Yes, that, that kind of thing. idea. Okay. So you realize this is something where they definitely know that this is a place they're comfortable and, and we're the outsiders, so to speak, in, wow. in, their, in this area. So like this microcosm of a community of Muslims inside of the United States. Mm-hmm. Mm, interesting. So we, we see that. All over, obviously, and mm-hmm. the the amount of uh, various populations of various cultures that have come to the United States, and it seems now more so than ever, too. Um, so, we in, in looking even here at the United States, we have an impact that can reach globally mm-hmm. through these people. Mm-hmm. It reminds me of a story. Can I tell a story? Please do. Yeah. Up? yeah. Um, so, it, in when we're growing up in in Houston. We had a woman and her husband and family move out from California to Houston. And the lady calls up my, my dad one day and says, you know, is this the church, such and such church? And my dad says, yes, this is. And, and uh, she's like, how do you do it? She's very broken English though. And she's trying to talk and my dad's trying to understand her. Comes says, can I come to church? And so sure, and here's, here it is, it's next sun, Sunday. This is for, again, this is for Torah uh, by a long shot. but. They come to Sunday, and um, this uh, it's, an, it's a Korean couple. And um, sh- this woman barely speaks any English, and the husband's there, and he's, you know, and he's, they're there, and, they, and he had promised to her that she became a believer out in California and, and had come back, believe in Yeshua, and he said he had promised that he would um, come with her when they came there. So he came with her. Weeks went by, and he came every week, and 
nothing and just very somber, very, you know, if you ever met, uh, you know, Koreans or Chinese, this all the times they're very quiet, very reserved people. And uh, eventually stopped coming. And my dad's like, okay, what's going on? And no, one week they didn't come, next week they didn't come. And, and so he's like, something's wrong. And um, uh, praying about it, you know, what's going on? Third week comes along and they come back. And long story short, he, he had accepted Yeshua as a savior. Oh, right before that, I forgot about that. My dad would have been doing Bible studies with them in their home. Mm-hmm. And uh, it had been going for several weeks and he got through like several weeks of this. And he's like, yeah. um, Danny was the guy's name. He says, Danny, I, you know everything there is that, to know, understand about the word of God and what you need to do and where your life is and stuff. So this is the last time we're coming. And that was the time, it just done that right before he stopped coming. So he's like sweating. My dad's like worried that oh, he said the wrong <laughs> thing or something like that. <laughs> Three weeks by, the guy comes back, comes a believer, puts his faith in Yeshua, says, all my questions are answered, I understand now. Hmm. Every year they would go back to Korea to visit their family hmm. for, and would spread the gospel there. And several hundred of their family, their family members became believers there. And then they brought their, his grandmother who was like 88 years old, didn't speak English, didn't read or write, and had a God shelf in her room in her, House up at the top floor of their of their house. Little idols, yeah, little little shrine of Mm -hmm. sorts. And they led her to Yeshua. Mm -hmm. Wow, also, Mm -hmm. and that whole time. So you never know one impact of of someone like that Mm -hmm. how it could change the world Mm -hmm. uh, by reaching out. It really is a seed, right? You plant one Mm -hmm. seed and you get a stock with ten more seeds or whatever it is going to be, right? So, can I talk about another microcosm we haven't mentioned? Yeah. So meanwhile. You know, he's in ministry, he's teaching every day, going to work, and what about the microcosm of the moms that are stuck at home, stuck at home? You know, I thought we were going to France. I thought we were going to be involved in this big ministry, and here we are out in Timbuktu, <laughs> and, um, and, and we were, I was with my children every day, and I loved being with them, but we were very, very isolated. We didn't have... You know, we're a long ways from anything, right. and we didn't have yeah. friends that, you know, had common beliefs. And I, I remember thinking, what am I doing? What is my purpose? You know, why am I here? And, and I think the father just kept bringing me back to, these kids are important. You know, they're, they are the future, but they're just little kids, you know? Mm-hmm. They need their diaper changed and, yeah. you know, just things that are just everyday life. And, and I think, you know, to the moms that are listening, there is a microcosm of the, that needs the gospel. They need to hear about Yeshua. They need the, the truth that is in the Word of God. That it's right there in front of them. You know, mm. their their life matters greatly. Mm. So the children's lives and the mother's life, Absolutely. and and everything that they're doing every day is those seeds that they're planting. They could have a huge crop, but you're not going to see it for a while. So yeah. anyway, I just wanted to to bring that out. Oh, is point. we're sharing good the gospel. It, I know my wife felt one. like that when she was homeschooling our kids. Absolutely. Just you know, and we we lived in you know near town and everything. Mm-hmm. I can't imagine if someone is really isolated. But out you're there. an odd person to homeschool or to be with your children all the time. It's yeah. it's a little bit counterculture. Well, and, and <laughs> obviously there's you know she had a lot of gifts and talents and things like that, and there's that aspect of well. What am I going to do with my mm-hmm. life? Kind of a thing, and, and what's my purpose? Especially someone who's 
had, you know, maybe has done that for a while and then comes home with the family to be mm-hmm. with the family and is now home full time, homeschooling and taking care of the house and things like this. And now what am I about? You know, mm-hmm. <clears throat> and where's your identity? You feel like you've lost your identity. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. So Absolutely. where's your purpose? Where's you know? But um, but yet being thirty years, you know married now and our children much, much older and, and to see them launched out into life, I guess you could say, and to see them doing ministry now and, and reaching into people's lives. I mean, I can just reassure people that it matters. It really matters. And, and the joy, I mean, what does it say in first John? There's no greater joy than to see your children you know, walking in truth. And yes, and that absolutely. no greater joy that you could go be this famous person in ministry or go travel the world and do all this stuff, but there's just nothing like your own children. So. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. So now let's talk about that. So let's go back to, what, before the break, we were talking about the Navajo Reservation mm-hmm. and you were there mm-hmm. and uh, working there. And this is where um, <laughs> we had another, you know, because of our family and our kids were growing up and stuff, we were looking for, you know, we were very isolated from the rest of our family, mm-hmm. and I, I felt like there was a value in family that that mm-hmm. I that I hadn't had growing up that I wanted my kids to experience. And so we were looking, okay, God, is this where you want us to stay, or do you want us to go elsewhere? And there was some things going on that was directing us elsewhere, and we were looking how to get closer to my family. And and we're again being missionaries and stuff, my. We were separated from all of our family almost all my life, like as far as extended, extended family, family, cousins, mm-hmm. grandparents, aunts, uncles, things like that. We were, you know, kind of alone, sort of thing. And as adults, all of my siblings and stuff, we were spread out all over the country too. Uh, so in the world, so <laughs> so you know, it, it we didn't have that, and I was like, well, let's try and get closer again. Mm-hmm. And so we decided to move back, and through all that, God led us into Southern Iowa. Uh, right down by the back by the Missouri border, so to speak. And I started as a high school counselor at that time. So, yeah, this is really interesting. If you think of a, of a pastor, for instance, you know, what are the uh, areas that a, a pastor or an elder in a congregation needs to have experience in? Well, he needs to be a teacher, first and foremost. Uh, he needs to be a counselor to people. And he also has to be an administrator, and so here God has brought me through three years of teaching, three years of part. administrating, <laughs> and three and a half years of counseling wow. is what I went mm-hmm. to next. And um, in this, I, I'm involved with not only kids, but also families, too. Because mm-hmm. when you're involved with kids, there's a lot of involvement with family, too, parents and things. And not all of it's pretty. And, and there was, you know, and I had a background in d- dealing a lot with troubled students, you know, behavior issues and things like this. Uh, a lot of, uh, um, what did I think of, uh, alternative school type concepts and stuff. Mm-hmm. So you, I dealt with a lot of the nitty gritty problems and things like that that go on. Mm-hmm. See a lot of the background in the public school system. Mm. And I guess, it, there is a point where you're starting to see this transition in schools too that is a grave concern and, and, and that God used me and had a, I had a great opportunity to reach kids and to be able to share the gospel in, in the public school sector even though mm. I was in public school. And, and, and I know there, there's a lot of people that said that you can't do this and there probably are schools like that but he definitely gave me opportunities to do that. And I was always straightforward with those I was working with and administrators that this is who I am too. 
a little bit like hugging. Yeah, yeah. yeah. right. Yeah, it's the <laughs> hugging they need, thing. They need and, the and gospel. So I would, you know, I would share the gospel with kids and stuff in my office and things like that. If mm. I would call, and this is something I learned when I was in college. I would just call and say, "Hey, I'm a, I'm a believer." I believe in Yeshua and that he is our savior and uh, your kid's in here and he's having some struggles and I, would it be okay if I opened the Bible to talk with him? And nine times out of 10, they'd say, sure, yeah, go ahead. Because those people who are looking for something but don't know what to put there, mm-hmm. where is this? And if somebody's got the handle on that, great, yeah. do it, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. through all that, God was working in our lives and we were at a church at the time where uh, people, we were going through a lot of things and God allowed us to be a part of the, uh, they had like a board system and it's, they had allowed us to become the head of the evangelism, missions and evangelism group there. Mm-hmm. And so we were actively involved with the, doing a lot of things and trying to reach out in our communities and get up an awareness. And this, this congregation had like very little awareness of missions mm-hmm. as a whole. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, we're like, well, we kind of know that stuff. So we were <laughs> sharing with them and opening their eyes. But through that, God was working in our lives also. Mm-hmm. And, and, and some other circumstances happened. And do you want to go into well, that? Well, I had an opportunity to work online even. at the, this was, the internet was becoming a little bit more popular at this point. And, and we found there were people all over the country that had no, no answers. I think we were talking earlier um, about how, whether it's parenting or, or marriage or how to run your household, you you just don't know where to go for answers. I love to read books. I love to dive into every kind of book I can possibly get my hands on. And when we were first um, pregnant with our first child, I went to a local city library, a big one. And and I read every book I could get my hands on and ordered more. I could. I just wanted to know everything that they said about how to be a good mom. Of course, every single last author there was secular. Right. And so they weren't using the word of God as their answer. Yep. They were just coming up with psychology or, or what, you know, what is, what does the world think this, you know. What to expect when you're expecting. Exactly. Yeah, right. yeah. and, and instead mm-hmm. of practicing medicine, it's practicing parenting. And we're not, it's practicing, you know, yeah. we, we're not sure what we're doing here, but <laughs> right. we'll help you out. And, and, and we didn't get answers there at all only brought misery and and it was uh, in fact a, a really good friend gave us a verse and it's now a theme verse for us um, from Psalm 1 about um, if our delight is in the Torah of Yehovah and we didn't know what the Torah was yet but mm. we knew we were supposed to look there for the answers and in fact we went to a parenting class where they talked about the book of Deuteronomy and we thought we're not Israel. Why are we looking in Deuteronomy? Well, right. <laughs> well real, almost all the biblical in, principles, they were, the scripture yeah. they were using was Proverbs. in the uh, Old Testament. Yes, and, the uh, it was in, yeah. and, and a lot of it. Most of it from Torah. Deuteronomy. So then you go from, from that and, you're, and we're putting it, and at that time we really didn't think a whole lot of that. Mm-hmm. But down the road as we're th- uh, later on, we're like, well, wait why? Minute. wait a minute. I thought the Old Testament was not for us today. I thought that was for mm-hmm. Israel and we're the church and we don't need to be doing that stuff. And now, and and so then it came to the switching our mindset to <laughs> where, why is it that this works and this is the principles that God has for parenting, but yet the rest of our life it doesn't matter. The rest of mm. it is not yeah. essential. Yeah. And so therefore, um, we went from looking at it and going, this is the parenting stuff saying good. Well, 
what about the rest of it? Is can maybe I, that is good too? Can I tell about my little crisis moment yeah, in, in Iowa? Yes. And um, so here we are. I'm telling you all the ministry we've done. And, and by that, we've done more, more at this point. We're very much, we're in the public eye. So you're not allowed in the middle of the night to have questions. Is the Bible true? Is it? You know, you're asking when you yourself. When you public eye, you mean we're involved well, in we're involved in, yeah, everybody knew like I would speak mm-hmm. at women's things. So who am I to ask in the middle of the night, is this even true? Is the Bible true? Is It doesn't really like add up. You mm-hmm. do. Yeah. And, but in the middle of the night, you do ask more questions. And and the verse that was haunting me was Second uh, Peter 1, 3. And he said, his divine power um, will give you everything you need for life and godliness. And I went, everything? Mm. It doesn't feel like it. You know, it feels like they don't. There are no answers here. But, but a part of it was because I wasn't looking at the parts that were for Israel. I was only looking at the parts that were for the church. Mm. And, and so I wasn't getting the whole complete counsel of God. And that was my problem, not his. And and when um, and so I felt like the the father had said, get up in the morning and start in Genesis one and read. And I had a little red pencil, and I still have that Bible at home. And and he said, read. And every time you come to something, don't think about who he's talking to. If if it's something he's commanding, I want you to do it. Well, what do you think the first one was? Genesis two verse one. Uh, this is, you know, I, I can't quote it. The Sabbath day. It was about the Sabbath day. He said it upside and I went, well, that's for, that's for Israel. And I remember, I was like, wait a minute. I said, I'd do it. Okay, well, maybe we should start resting on the Sabbath. But that was the huh. principle that we wanted to forget what the world says, forget what the theologies of our churches say. Let's go back to actually reading it verse by verse by verse. And if it says to do it, well, maybe the creator might know something and we should try to do it. And, and it felt like we were going to ruin our entire lives. It felt like we were going down a really radical pathway, but... But he is the creator and he does know what's best for us. So even, even though we had been giving answers to other people, mm. we, we needed him to, you know, give us answers to be able to look in the word and, and read it and take it literally for us. And, and that was a process. We had to, had to really yeah. learn a lot of things. So like, for instance, I'm coaching football <clears throat> and football, if you know anything about, especially like high school football, well, any of them, uh, Saturdays and Friday nights are the prime time for doing all of that. Yeah. Gymnastics it's, too in our family. Y- yes, yep. so couldn't get away from. So you know, Friday nights, yeah, I was uh, football games and stuff. And Saturday was coaching meetings and all those kind of things going on the whole day. So she comes to me and goes, "Craig, I would like to uh, start doing the Sabbath," uh, and I'm like. Well, that's, I guess that's okay, but yeah, I've got all the work. Go and, uh, yeah, you go ahead and do it, and I'm going to keep doing what <laughs> I did. need to do, you we know, to pay the bills. Yeah. And so that was the start of this, and that was like right at the beginning of uh, the football season. It was. It was like when we were in two-a-days <laughs> and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And through the process of that season, though, God worked and I, and in my life to start and mm-hmm. through her and she's That's like well we're going to start resting on the sabbath and stuff so i said after a while i'm okay I, i've got to go to these meetings i have i'm here and i'm involved and i'm under contract and stuff so we're going to do this but when i get home i won't like we won't do laundry i won't go out and mow the lawn we won't do any of those kind of things we'll not buy and sell so on and so forth we'll do and we'll rest the rest of the day and we started to do that mm-hmm. and then we did, and we uh, started learning when to the first Passover, and we're like, okay, what's Passover? And we grabbed the book and started you know, looking at it and studying the Bible a little bit. Didn't know what we were doing. Didn't know what we were doing, but we were just implementing things, and we did that. And then, 
And then we were saying later on, it was like almost every year we added like a feast as we, we kind of like learned and one more thing. We'd opened up to Leviticus 23, and well, that's the only one we knew about at that point. And then later you find out it's written all over the scriptures. But we opened it up and we said, well, what does it say to do? Okay, let's do it. <laughs> of course, that looked a little funny if we didn't understand it very well. But that if there was anything we could say to people, just use the Bible. Use the Bible. It's there for our instruction manual. And the life that we're seeking, the peace that we're looking for is there. And we can we can understand it. Our children can understand it. We just have to read it. Right. That's the trick. <laughs> At a certain point, even, even the Israelites didn't know what they were doing. No. They said, we don't know what we're doing. Well, they didn't know either. In fact, they made a golden calf. At least you didn't do that. <laughs> no. Well, we haven't told you now. Yeah. <laughs> 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 yeah. Exactly. That's great. So you saw this first, and then Dave, you started coming along, and then you guys sort of built on it year by year. Yes. So yep. one thing we, okay, so what did you do about Obviously, you know, going to regular church and all that kind of stuff, you had Christmas going on. So mm-hmm. what, how did you break away from that? Because you had kids already at this point. That was a lot, actually a lot longer. We didn't later. know about that for a while. Remember, oh, really? we were just yeah. looking in the Bible. It didn't so, say yeah. in Hezekiah so she started Christmas. Seeing the, and That's in 2nd Hezekiah. That was one of the yes. removed books. <laughs> she started seeing and keeping Torah stuff initially in 2006. And I was born in 2007, that area. And um, it, it was, it was, so... And we can jump. I don't know if we want to jump, but we, you know, first it was off, later. We, it was much later, like <laughs> was you later. Know, four years, five years later. And I was a big Christmas guy. I'm the guy. I actually grew up, and it's kind of funny growing up in a very godly home, and it was really honoring God and desiring the Word of God and understanding and stuff, and thought that the Word of God was like, and that was the one thing. We both grew up with our parents telling us the word of God is the foundation for our, mm-hmm. your relationship with him, for the way you live mm-hmm. and everything. Mm-hmm. So that's the beginning, that's the key. Mm-hmm. And then from there, you um, you you build, develop everything else in your life. So mm-hmm. that it was a key thing that we both had, that, that the Bible is the primary foundation for everything we do, mm-hmm. the life and godliness mm-hmm. that she was saying. So then- But it seeds, but, it takes a while. So but growing up in that though with Christmas, um, Christmas, we never, we weren't the type that like, you know, Jesus is a reason for the season kind of a thing. It was just simply a fun time where we would have, you know, my mom decorated really big and we had presents and things like this. And it was just a fun time for our family to get together and, and have the time off and, and share that together. So that's, that was the difficult thing for me was that was what Christmas was, was this fun, enjoyable mm-hmm. time to see the paganism involved in it and realize that this is something that God says is wrong to do while it, and if you're honoring me, you cannot do this. Mm. Was a, it took a while and, and it wasn't until um, I saw one of the videos online, uh, uh, Truth or Tradition, she found it somehow and sent it to me and I was at work actually, I, I was a pastor at the time and I, was, and I got it, she emailed it and I popped it up and watched it and we had just put up the Christmas tree this year. Hmm. It's right around Christmas time. And I went home for lunch at this point in time. And, and we had like a, a, my, a recliner like opposite where it was at. And I sat down in the recliner during lunch and I just looked at the Christmas tree and sat there for a little while just looking at it. And, and I just like, God, you, 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 want, you don't want this anymore. And I, I got up and went to my family and brought everybody together and said, kids, we're taking the Christmas tree down. Mm-hmm. And 
took it down and, and proceeded to get rid of everything, and, and that was the end of Christmas in, in our lives. And but that's an interesting story with our lives too, and, and our pastoring and wow. that next section that we're, we'll be well, talking about. We'll talk more about that next week. Uh, we've got to go, but we're going to come back, and we've got lots more to talk about. We haven't even gotten to your curriculum yet, but we're going to no. get there. <laughs> so, so you guys hang on and come back to see us next week. And uh, will you come back next week as well, and we will learn more about what Craig and Ann Elliott are doing here with their curriculum, homeschool Torah curriculum. You've never seen anything like this. It's a beautiful thing. There's a whole box worth of stuff we want to show you. So this is not some little curriculum uh, that's just this tiny thing. There's a lot here. And so if you have kids who you want to teach the foundation of the Torah to uh, with the knowledge of Yeshua, this is going to be an amazing thing. So please come back next week, learn about it. We'll see you next week on Shabbat Night Live. Until then, Shabbat Shalom.